Today's show is brought to you by Active. Active is a fabulous app and robust online community that allows you access to top-notch, motivating personal trainers who guide you through an audio-based workout that is timed to your choosing with fun, perfectly synchronized music. I like to think of it like Netflix for fitness. Active gives members unlimited access to their entire bank of high-end trainer-led workout classes. If you're looking for fresh, high-quality, on-the-go, motivating workouts that adapt to your lifestyle, I highly recommend Active. In fact, if you head over to the Curator Playlist section of Active, you will see a familiar face. I chose seven of my favorite Active workouts so that you can kind of get a sneak peek into my own routine. Everything from well-rounded mix of intense cardio to restorative serenity. I hope you enjoy it. And then because they're just the best, Active is even offering Fed and Fit listeners a free 30-day trial when you sign up for a monthly subscription at www.aaptiv.com. Be sure to enter the promo code FEDANDFIT, one word, at checkout, and your first 30 days are on the house. Good morning. We're back with another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. My name is Cassie Joy Garcia. I am your host. I am the owner and the author and the founder of FedandFit.com, the author of Fed and Fit, the book, which is available in stores nationwide. You can find it in Barnes and Nobles and currently in Costco. And I like to give these brief introductions now because we are having newer and wonderful faces show up here at the podcast who are finding us organically through iTunes. And they're finding us because current listeners are leaving reviews in iTunes. So thank you so much for doing that. And welcome to all of the new faces, or I guess I should say new ears here. I'm excited to have you. What we like to talk about is uh, health and wellness from you know a 50,000 foot view sometimes, but every once in a while we like to zero in, answer some very direct questions, and today's episode uh, really speaks to that part of the show. I like to do occasionally, and sometimes I get on a roll and I do a whole bunch of them, <laughs> I like to do what I call listener reverse interviews. And this is where a listener of the Fed and Fit podcast or a reader of my blog or book writes in with a question. And I get a lot of questions via emails and I like to respond to all of them. But every once in a while, I get a really good question. And my response back to these sweet people is, this is a great question. How about I record the answer I give you over Skype? (laughs) And they graciously accept. Um, And so today's is that. And the reason I want to record the answer over a phone call is because I think that these questions uh, are some that more people have. You know, there's more than just uh, the young lady we're talking with today. Her name is Bailey. You know, it's probably more than Bailey out there that's wondering some of these things. And so I wanted everybody to be able to benefit from some this type of conversation. So that's the point of these reverse interviews. They're really, it's probably one of my favorite part of this podcast, and I hope you're enjoying them as well. So let's talk uh, today. I'm going to briefly introduce how these reverse interviews work, as I will briefly introduce... Um, today's guest interviewer, and then I will hand the baton or the virtual mic on over to her, and then she's got the reins for the show. She can ask me whatever question she wants, um, and then we're just going to chat for the next 20 to 30 minutes. 
So that's how it works. Okay, so today I'm joined by the lovely, smart, and funny Bailey. She is in Indianapolis, Indiana, and she is an attorney. And I'm so excited to be talking with you today, Bailey. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Cassie. Hello, Fed and Fit listeners. I am so delighted to be here. I listen to the podcast every week. And so thank you for taking the time to not only listen to Cassie's podcast, because I think it's fabulous, but taking the time to let me take the reins over this show and ask Cassie some questions. Oh, you're the best. (laughs) Oh, you're the best. So (laughs) the question that I emailed Cassie about, just to give everyone a little bit of background, was about calories, which seems like a pretty simple concept. Everyone knows what a calorie is. But when I initially got into paleo living and the paleo lifestyle, there was such a focus off of calories, which I really loved. It's all about portion sizes, thinking about the foods that fuel your body. Cassie's Fed and Fit book talks a lot to this and gives so much great information about the proper portion sizes, how to create a meal, what different components should go into that. And so I've really enjoyed that mindset. But then there was one day that I just got curious about how many calories I was eating. So I got to the end of the day, felt satisfied, had had three meals, healthy balance of proteins, fat, carbs, and calculated. And I was only between like 1,100 and 1,300 calories. And so I started to wonder, is that actually enough to fuel my body? So the question that I want to turn the mic back over to Cassie to answer is how much focus should we be putting on calories and what's a good way for us to know if we're properly fueling our body? Great question. Man, I didn't I didn't remember exactly. I like to be surprised by these reverse interview <laughs> questions. So I try to not refresh myself because um, I want a more organic answer. And that is such a good question, Bailey. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, okay, so... Gosh, and this is, I hope, this is definitely resonating with a bunch of folks out there. Okay, so I would say that let's, I'm going to answer all around your question first, just so we can kind of understand the landscape really quickly. Sure. Um, So I think that tracking calories can be a really powerful tool if you have a very specific goal, okay? Um, For general health and wellness, it could it could actually turn, it, it could actually be an obstacle. Um, but if you have a very specific goal, because I want to talk first to the pros. I don't want to be, I don't want to bash calorie counting from the get-go or out the gate, because um, there, there are some pros. What are some of those pros? If um, you just truly, if you're, let's see, if you have physical fitness goals, for example, or you're looking to gain a lot of muscle mass, I'm thinking of a lot of uh, men that I've worked with in the past, right? They want to gain some, they want to gain muscle, they want to not gain body fat, and they want to be able to lift heavier things in the gym. You know, if that sounds familiar, they want to put on 20 pounds, um, but they really just want to up their muscle body composition. In that way, it can be beneficial to track calories from the viewpoint of how are they, they're, they're actually consuming way more food at that point, so they're going to be consuming way more, they're going to look at macronutrients, right? They're going to be consuming more protein, more fat, um, and then just keeping an eye, a lot of carbs. So don't, it's not low carb by any means, but they're going to be increasing the other two. And then it's helpful to look at those buckets, those protein, fat, and carb, not only by grams, but also by calories if they're trying to get things figured out at the beginning. 
Um, so that's a really powerful tool and it's really effective if somebody is trying, if they're truly looking at, few, at food as fuel for those specific goals. Now for general health and wellness, people who want to feel better, maybe we want to have a little bit more energy and I'm, I'm kind of imposing this over you, Bailey, so please uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Impose away. Impose away. Okay, good. You know, if we, I'm thinking of myself, for example, if I just, I want to, I want to feel good. I want to have energy throughout the day. I want to be able to perform in my workouts. Um, if I, if I, if I am healing myself, like I was about nine years ago, um, when my first introduced this anti-inflammatory protocol, I wanted my clothes to fit a little bit better back then. Um, then I think that calorie counting can actually obscure what we're what um, what foods would benefit us, right? And the types of foods and the amounts of foods because, and really mostly because I'm trying to just break that dependency on a diet mindset, right? That we need to count and track all the things that are showing up on our plate versus just being an intuitive eater, listening to our bodies. And I, I like, I think it was Liz Wolf who said, uh, moons and moons ago, many moons ago, she said, um, I just think of myself as a nutrient sinker, seeker. And I thought that was so clever because that's at the end of the day, that's what I think general health and wellness um, sets us up to be. We're set up to be nutrient seekers who are just listening to our bodies and trying to give it what it what it's asking for. Okay, so those are kind of the way I see it for the most part, two very generic camps right? When we're, when we're being more scientific and tracking and more strategic about the food that shows up on our plates for very specific goals. Now, building muscle mass isn't the only possibility out there, but that's just a really common example. Um, or if we're just seeking general health and wellness. So that's, those are the two camps that I like to speak to. And I believe that a way to know if you're eating, so if you're trying to seek general health and wellness, do I recommend tracking calories? Generally, no, I don't. Because I do think that it can obscure what the ultimate goal is, and that is to become an intuitive eater, right? Because if we're tracking numbers and we're putting, we're basing our next meal's decisions on the numbers that we wrote down from yesterday, purely from a number standpoint or a, or a strategic analytic standpoint, um, it might cloud our view, our view or our vision or our perception of what our body's actually telling us. Okay. So it kind of sounds a little foo-foo until we get into it. Um, but the way that we do that is by journaling. And that's why I do recommend within the Fed and Fit project and beyond that writing down, not writing down, a, keeping a food journal, um, I want to clarify, when I say food journal, I don't just, I'm not just imagining for breakfast, I had three eggs and 27 raspberries. You know, it's, it's not that I want us to keep track of exact food quantities, um, even going down to the calorie, of course, would be the, the next step from there. But I want us to track qualitatively. How are we feeling? So the, the eggs and the raspberries, and let's say we threw in a breakfast potato with it. Okay, I felt great. I was a little hungry towards, um, I don't know, at around 10.30 a.m. I got a little hungry. And therefore, I think in hindsight, if I up a little bit of fat content on my plate because my carbohydrates and my proteins look pretty good just from a bird's eye view again, um, then I think if I up my fat content, it might get me all the way to lunch. And you try that the next morning and it gets you all the way to lunch and you feel great. Your energy levels are great. You're not rolling into lunch 
you know, hungry and are hangry and ready to just sink your teeth into a great big meal and more likely to make a decision that's not in line with your personal scope. So I prefer to track foods and I promise I'm going to answer your question directly eventually. Um, <laughs> I, you always circle around and then come back in. So I was totally <laughs> expecting us to go all around it first. <laughs> oh, you do know me. <laughs> um, so I think that it's important to track our foods qualitatively and that's how we're really going to make personal breakthroughs because we might find, because everybody is different, right? Every space body um, is going to be totally different in what you need, what you need and what I need to get to lunch and to dinner and to have energy and to be feeling our best and to be sleeping really well and to not be hungry. It's all going to look different for each, each person. And so writing down how we feel after meals, how we feel the next day, um, and then making tweaks based on how we feel is where I like to lean. It's where I, my bias, my business is pointed towards. Now, every once in a while, I'm with you. Every once in a while, I will track my calories and because I'm curious. And because somebody asks me, how many calories do you eat in a day? And I can't give them an answer because I have no earthly clue. Um, and every once in a while, I'll track it. And sometimes it fluctuates greatly depending on the season and depending on the types of foods that I'm eating and how I'm preparing it. Because, like, you know, we all get into trends um, and grooves. If I'm making a lot of fried fish, it's not deep fried, but I'm cooking it in fat. That absorbs a lot more fat and calories than other types of meat preparations, you know, so it'll go up. And so every once in a while I'll calculate it and sometimes it's in the upwards near 2000 plus in a day and sometimes it's down in the 1300s right there where you found yourself. And truth be told, I would say that if I look at how many calories I'm consuming in a day, it probably fluctuates a good amount because I'm just Again, I'm being a nutrient seeker and my meals look a little bit differently every day because I really place a huge emphasis on changing my plate, right, as much as possible because I'm trying to get in as many different kinds of foods and vegetables and fruits and proteins and fats as possible because that's really the best way to chew your multivitamin, you know, so to speak. And so I kind of tried to look at calorie consumption across the span of an entire week. I think it's going to be a little bit more of an accurate representation. And if over a week, if I really have been under eating, I will feel hungry and I will feel tired. The numbers will reflect that. And that will change based on if I'm working out really hard, right? I will need more food. I will need more starch. I will need more uh, protein and fats at certain times of the day. But my body would have told me that before I really felt um, kind of crummy or run down. So, so the very, very long story summarized is I think Bailey that if you feel fine and you're not feeling tired and I'll ask you that question in a second but depending on how you're feeling if you're feeling fine and you're not feeling run down and you're not and if you are working out right now if you have energy to get through your workouts you're eating enough and you're eating enough of the right stuff that your body has found a groove and metabolically everything is clicking into place it might look like a few, like not enough calories, but there's a chance that sometimes your body just doesn't need that many calories. Um, seasonally, women especially who are of childbearing years, when we get to that part of the month, um, the luteal phase of our cycle right before uh, menstruation, we eat more. We need more calories, right? So you could even look at calorie consumption, not even on a, a day, a week, but on a month 
span. You know, it's going to fluctuate as time goes on. The macronutrients that we consume are going to fluctuate. So zeroing in on a day, it's hard to say what your target number should be if you did want to track them. But I, that's why I always try to lean on how are you feeling. And that'll give you the most accurate answer. Was that helpful? That is so helpful. And I think it's perfect how you separate it out into, do you have very specific fitness goals that you're wanting to meet in terms of your muscle mass or your body fat percentage or your a performance athlete? Or are you just seeking general health and wellness or to pull Liz Wolf? Are we nutrient seeking? Mm-hmm. And those two camps can look totally different in how you need to approach your nutrition. And you spoke to something talking about macronutrient buckets. And so there you're talking about carbohydrate, fat, and protein. And so is there a way that you found what combination of those three macronutrients works best for you? Did you find that through your food journaling like you talked about? Or do you just constantly reevaluate that just based on your life season like you were talking about? Mm-hmm. Great question. Um, so I did. I went, over, I went about it kind of the reverse way because I don't have those very specific goals. Now, I have mentored different people on coming up with uh, specific grams that maybe they should be consuming in the ratios. Um, but me personally, I've never calculated that for myself because I don't have those specific goals. Instead, I know... Again, 30,000 foot view. What do I want my day's collective plate to look like? I know that I want at least two servings of some sort of a starchy vegetable or because white rice works for me, you know, that'll count. Um, very occasionally I will have some sort of a, a gluten-free grain like a pasta or something like that. You know, that would count in there. So at least two servings of a starchy vegetable Three, if I'm in my luteal phase, or three, if I'm working out really, really, really hard. Okay, so those are all considerations to be taken into. Those are all considerations to be taken into consideration. <laughs> writing, a, writing a book was really fun. The editors had a blast with me. <laughs> you don't realize all the interesting verbal tics or just writing tics that you have until you write a whole lot of material and then read back through. It's and you so realize true. that you use certain phrases all the time. It's so true. I And I use a lot of um, phrases. They, they caught me on a bunch of them. Just modern phrases like, uh, oh gosh, this this pasta is life. They'd be like, you can't, you cannot write that in a book. You cannot put that in a book because it will date <laughs> it. They'll say, this book came out in 2016. Um, okay, sorry, I digress. <laughs> um, I would say... Okay, so looking at the day's plate from a 30,000-foot view. So I have two to three servings of starch. I have three solid servings of vegetable, non-starchy vegetable, right? So those are the leafy greens, the peppers, the leeks. Just thinking about what I ate yesterday. Um, those are the things that... Those wonder- leeks look delicious, by the way. I saw those on Instagram. Oh, they were so good. You know, I, I'm, I'm constantly curious about... Again, I'm a micronutrient seeker also, and I'm constantly curious about what vegetables out there that hold some sort of mystical, wonderful nutrient that I'm not getting anywhere else in my diet. And leeks popped up on my radar, and I was like, let's go buy leeks, and let's just eat a heck of a lot of them. And that's what I did, and they were good. I cooked them like kind of like spinach, Um, you know, just a lot of lemon juice and a little butter and some salt, and they were really good. Um, and then of course I have protein, three servings of proteins on that plate as well. And 
the way that I know, looking at those macronutrient buckets, how I need to adjust. Um, now, I've, I've been doing this for a long time, right? So I know what probably at this point needs to show up on my plate in order for me to feel really good. If I don't have any sort of a starchy vegetable at breakfast, I know that I need to plan on one for lunch. Um, or if I don't have one for lunch and I have one for breakfast, I'm definitely planning on one for dinner. You know, and so I just make sure that my overall day kind of equals out. And so that's that's really how I approach it. And it's more of a it's it's kind of just think about you know, growing up, your mom says you need to eat your greens or you need a serving of this or you need a serving of that. That's kind of how I approach macronutrients is I need to make sure I get a serving of this or a serving of that. It's not necessarily, oh, I need, do I need a half a cup or three quarters of a cup of white rice? You know, what's the right amount for me to take in? Because what I've learned over time is I want to have that more relaxed relationship with food. My personal goal is to be able to sit down serve myself up intuitively a scoop of rice, you know, and not fret over if it's too much or too little because at the end of the day, it's all going to be fine. It's all going to equal out at the end of a week based on my workouts or how much I eat the next day. If I ate too much one day, I'm not going to be as hungry the next day. And so I'll just take a slightly smaller scoop. Does that help answer that question? That does help. And one thing that I'm really taking away from this is kind of piggybacking off what you just said about if you eat too much one day, you're not going to feel as intuitively hungry mm -hmm. the next day. And that goes back to how you were speaking of thinking of calorie consumption on a weekly basis, because putting yourself into day by day brackets could cause you to eat more if you have a certain calorie goal that you're wanting to hit or think that you may need to be within when your body really isn't hungry for those foods. Whereas another day you might eat too few calories because you're trying to stay within a certain number when your body's actually telling you that it needs more fuel. And so I like that concept of thinking of it on a more overarching flowing basis than rather just every 24 hour period. Exactly. What am I doing? You nailed it, Bailey. That's perfect. You said it better than I've said it. <laughs> just learning from the master, Kathy. <laughs> so tell me, you mentioned that you have a lot of new listeners. And so for people that are listening that may be new to this way of eating or are just beginning on their health journey to try to find what foods make them feel good. Obviously the adjustment period for them may be a little more intense. You said if you're not getting enough carbohydrate or if you're getting too much carbohydrate, it's really easy for you to listen to those body signals and tweak them because you've had so much experience almost nine or 10 years now since you really went on your health journey. So how long would you recommend people that are just now starting give themselves when they're starting out before they start making any significant changes? How long does it take to kind of see truly how the foods that you're eating are making you feel? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And that's another great question. Um, I would say, okay, so on the long end of the scope, and I do provide, so in the Fed and Fit book, because I'm not, a, I didn't just, I wasn't just born knowing how to eat this way, right? And I am thankful that you brought that up because um, sometimes I forget. Sometimes when you're in a groove, you forget to address when you first started, right? Absolutely. Um, and that's something that I'm constantly trying to be better about in my business. I need to be, man, I have been putting it off. I need to post a um, before photo, ASAP because I haven't posted one in over a year because I just don't think about it. 
Um, <clears throat> so I would say that I was, a, I like to say that I was a really slow learner. I am a slow learner. It takes me a while um, to really pick up on things. So for me, it took me about a solid year. Now, that was a year of, this was before paleo was necessarily mainstream and I was really resistant to, I was really, I was kind of a stick in the mud about it. I was resistant to jumping into another diet, right? And so I put off some of the uh, paleo principles and I was like, I'm doing my own thing. It's called anti-inflammatory. And I read about it in all of these, all of these articles. Um, and so uh, it took me a long time to really, to really figure things out and figure out what really was working for my body. Um, and I do still stick to that. I, I think of it as just eliminating the inflammatory foods, replacing it with anti-inflammatory ones and doing things that are just generally good for our body. That's really how I think of it. Um, and it just happens to look almost identical to paleo. Um, my book has paleo on it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it, but, um, I would say that it took me about a solid year and I learned lessons really slowly, but what helped me the most, because I did come from, a, I only knew how to diet. I only knew how to choose food based on whether it was a part of my diet or not a part of my diet, right? If I was dieting, then I would order the egg white omelet on a whole wheat wrap, right? And if I was not dieting, then I would order the extra cheesy biscuit with, um, I don't know, four, four um, hash browns on the side. Like that was how I made food decisions, whether it was right. a part of my protocol or not. And so I was coming from that onto a little bit more trying to get towards that intuitive eating plan. And first I started with the types of foods. And then of course I wanted to track exact calorie numbers. And then I decided that I needed to grow from that. And so I went into sort of portion size buckets. And that is what finally helped me unlock. I worked within those portion size buckets for several months until I finally got to the point where I could take the training wheels off and I could stop thinking a cup of raspberries as a serving of raspberries. And I just piled some raspberries on my plate. Okay. Now, so what I did provide in the Fed and Fit book is a port, I call it the portion compass. And what I did, what I put there was a portion size recommendation for men and for women for you name the food. And the reason for that is, is speaking exactly to the group you just pointed at um, and exactly where I found myself, that was the most helpful for me was when I was trying to stop thinking about exact calorie counts and looking at food like we've talked about more qualitatively. Here's an approximate amount of this food that could be an appropriate amount for you to show up on your plate. Now, I call it a compass. I'm not calling it hard and fast rules. I'm not saying that a cup of raspberries is the right amount for every single person out there. But at least you can know where north is, right? And through journaling and through listening to your body and through trying to figure out what makes you feel good, whether that's overly full, you know, so maybe we dial it down a little bit, or that it's hungry, so we need to dial it up. You'll be able to kind of figure it out from there, but it's a good starting point to give you portion sizes just at the beginning or as long as you need it, right? For me, that was several months um, before, like I said, it took me a full year through this whole very resistant journey when I first started, um, but that's about how long it took me. I hope that helps answer that question. That does, and I think for listeners that are new that may not have 
your book or be too familiar with the project, I think that's one thing that you do so well is that you realize that there are people of complete different personality types. And there are people that, as you have said before, want to rip off the bandaid, mm-hmm. jump all in, dive into the deep end without any floaties and just commit to this way of living. And then there are some people that need to wade in and need time and want to slowly try things out and see what works for them. And you provide both options for that. And so I would really recommend for people that aren't familiar with the project, buy the book. You guys, it is full of so much information and it is great and it's a wonderful resource. And so I can't recommend it enough. And it really isn't a one-stop shop for this is the only way that you need to do it. Cassie really lays out the, this is where we want to get you. And let me show you a couple of different ways that you can get there based on what works best for you. And I think that that is just such a refreshing way to look at it because we're inundated with information. You can get on Instagram or start Googling something and you find 17 different opinions all about the same thing. One article will tell you that you need to eat tomatoes every day because it's the best food in the entire world. And one article will tell you that tomatoes are killing you slowly. (laughs) So it's just very hard to know what is right and what is best. And so I think that any program or template that allows people to kind of match themselves to a pathway is really great rather than just saying this is the one and only way. Bailey, you're just the best. Do you want to come back next week? (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. I would love to come back anytime. (laughs) This is so fun. And I know, so we are getting near our time. So I just have a few wrap up questions for you that have absolutely nothing to do with what we've been talking about. Ooh, fun. But you are obviously a busy woman. You are an entrepreneur. You blog, podcast, you write books, you do all the things. What is your favorite way to recharge? Ooh, what is my favorite way you want to know? Oh, man, I'm going to give you the answer I want to give you. And I'm also (laughs) going to give you the honest answer that just popped up in my brain. Perfect. Because I have to. I'm one of those painfully honest people, probably to my own detriment. Um, Right on that. (laughs) Oh, man. I would say, um, so the answer that I want to give you, which is still true, it's still a true answer. It's just not the first one that came to mind, is I love spending time, any, any sort of time outside, because probably because I'm forced to be unplugged, right? Because my job is me and my computer and my desk and my microphone and my kitchen and my camera. Um, and it's all, I'm tethered to the house in order to be able to do my job, right? I've got my little Mott Kitchen studio here and I'm tethered here to do this work. Not, not that I don't love it. I love it. But getting out of the house feels like an actual break. I have to physically break from it. Um, so I'm, we're in spring now and I'm so, or coming up on spring and I'm so excited to start gardening. So that's going to be something. Um, I play golf with my family. So that's another really fun thing that we do, but really getting outside, going for walks, things like that with Gus. And then the answer that I didn't want to give you, but it came to mind <laughs> is <laughs> there is this silly, silly game on my phone that I will play sometimes. And it, I'm pretty sure it was made for six-year-olds. You have to tell us the game. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even, it's something farm. It's made by the same people who did, uh, it's the Candy Crush people. 
Oh, I know a lot of people that have gotten very into this game to the point that they've paid money to buy whatever kind of farm <laughs> currency you need. So don't worry. I don't think that you're alone oh in this gosh. obsession. I feel so embarrassed. Okay. Truth be told, I refuse to buy. I refuse to pay any money. So I will sit here and I will play a level like for a thousand times. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend any more money, any money on it, period. Um, <laughs> but I'm at the point now, Bailey, and I will play this game. It's not like I I play it all day long. It's just, so it's like a punctuation, right? Cause every once in a while you get an email that doesn't make you feel too great and I need to forget it, but I don't, I can't go off and I don't know. I, I can't just go get another cup of coffee cause I've already had too many cups of coffee. So I will like sit there. I'll play one little thingy on this game and then I'll move on. And that's kind of how I just move on from certain things. Um, and I'm to the point now where I have played this game so much that I'm on their leaderboard. <laughs> it's obscene. It's obscene. And I'm That's only, phenomenal. It's, it's, you should start publicizing that more. I think um, you need to go change your Instagram bio immediately. <laughs> I'm like, I told my husband this the other day, and he's like, let me see this thing. And on this leaderboard, they all the people on this leaderboard have actual names and avatars. And for me, it's this random picture that they associated and like user number four, five, seven, eight, blah, 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 because <laughs> I refuse to register. <laughs> Anyways, those are the things that I do. Those are both amazing things. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I'm not, I'm not totally embarrassed because I knew it eventually come out, but there you have it. There you have it. February 15th, 2017. <laughs> Let the record reflect that Cassie Joy Garcia is on the leaderboard of the farm game. <laughs> In your answer to that, you kind of said something that leads me into my next question. You mentioned that sometimes you get some emails that make you not feel so good. And you are obviously putting yourself out into the public realm. You share a lot of your life with us. And that is a very vulnerable thing, especially for women, I think that naturally we just have some insecurities and hesitation more so than a man might that is starting his own business. And so how do you find that balance in being willing to be vulnerable and share and not letting anyone else, whether it's their opinions or their comments, dictate your self-worth or your motivation to continue putting out great content for those of us that are really loving it? Oh, that's really sweet and a really great question also. Seriously, Bailey, we're you're coming back next week if you've got time. <laughs> um, I would love to. <laughs> um, I would say that's, that's a great question, and it's something that definitely took time. I think that when I first started out, I was definitely more susceptible to criticism. And, it, and it's, you know, when you have, it's kind of like if there are three arrows pointed at you and two of them are sweet and uplifting and one of them is hurtful, if it's if it's a third of the arrows, it hurts more. But over time, when you have hundreds and then thousands and then tens of thousands of you know arrows pointed at you, I don't know why I chose arrows, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and they're pointed at you, and it's now all of a sudden it's only three percent of them. Then they tend to hurt a little bit less. And I would say that I still feel that I st like the, the, the emails that don't make me feel that great they, and, or comments on Instagram sometimes or Facebook that don't make me feel that great or aren't that uplifting. Um, I still definitely 
feel them. I'm still a human being. And like you said, I'm, I'm an empathetic person by, by nature. Right. And I want to just reach out and hug and, and I want to, I consider my job answering your concerns. And so when somebody gives me negative feedback, um, I see it, I, a part of me sees it as my personal responsibility as a part of this job to, to, to address it. And at, eventually I got to the point where I realized what was my responsibility and what was not my responsibility and what was a reflection on me as a person and what was maybe more of a reflection on them, who I can't, you know, who I can help and who I cannot help. And that just took time. And to be honest, the thing that helps me through that the most are the sweet, wonderful people, the people shooting really warm, lovely, uplifting arrows in my direction. There are some times where you get an, you get a string of some emails that aren't that wonderful or comments on social media that are that wonderful. And don't get me wrong, I have a tribe, a tribe. That's just it's a it's a term for business, right? But the people who consider themselves a part of this fed and fit family are the most wonderful people in the world. I am I consider myself very fortunate because everybody is very uplifting and positive, much like yourself. Really smart, really intelligent, really positive, kind people. And I'm the luckiest girl in the world to be surrounded by so many wonderful folks. So it's a very distinct, unique tribe, the Fed and Fit tribe is. However, uh, and I would not however, I would say that because of that, you guys are my backbone for propelling me through all the tough stuff. You know, I'd like to, I would love to take credit and just say, well, I have a heck of a lot of self-confidence and, you know, and I really, I would love to take credit for it. But at the end of the day, I have to give credit to the people who are sending nice notes. Um, Cause every once in a while, the universe just answers. I'll have, I'll have just a rough day or a bunch of recipes will fail or something that I was hoping would do really well, didn't do really well um, on a product or something like that. And then I'll get an email from somebody that just says, Hey, I just want to let you know that um, I, I've been following some of your recipes and I've been following you for years quietly and never said anything and I listened to your podcast and I just want you to know I've, like my life is different in a wonderful way. And that just, man, I just, it's just those 300 words or whatever it is, I bounce out of my seat and I'm ready to go tackle the next thing. And so I would say that that is how I'm motivated to share more about my life because of the positive feedback that I get. And it's because of the positive feedback, I'm also able to have a better understanding of when I get negative feedback, how it fits into the big picture. Absolutely. And I think that's such a good reminder for those of us that are consumers of content, regardless of whether that's in the health and fitness realm or whatever it is, whoever it is that you're following that is putting out stuff that you really love. It's a good reminder to take a minute and just shoot them some positivity and let them know that you're really loving it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Because Absolutely. words make all the difference, whether good or bad, unfortunately. <laughs> they do. They do. They can heal and they can hurt, but mostly they can heal. So yeah, absolutely. To your point, that's, it means the world. I have never met a blogger who did not like getting nice emails. <laughs> <laughs> so final question for you, Cassie, before you and I started recording, we were both talking about how we are trying to navigate this whole adulting <laughs> thing. And I was sharing with you that one of my least favorite parts about being an adult so far is all of the important mail that I have started getting that I'm expected to save. 
and catalog and categorize and have ready at any given whim for whenever anyone needs to know this relevant information that I'm supposed to save. What is your least favorite part of adulting? Oh, what's my least favorite part of adulting? Oh man. This is, is there anything that really just grinds your gears about being a grown up? Oh man. Yeah, there's a few of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I car maintenance. Mm. I man, I just it just annoys the heck out of me because it always if if it comes up, it always feels like a surprise. You know, and And it always costs so many dollars. So many all the dollars. It costs all the dollars. All the dollars. And 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 I I, so I am a very if you can't tell, I'm a teeny bit OCD and (laughs) a teeny bit type A. And so I schedule my day to almost the 30 minutes because or the half hour, I guess that's what they say. Um, I schedule my day to the half hour and I really, and I like that and that's how I'm stay, I stay productive. And of course I schedule in, you know, some fun spontaneity in there. But when car maintenance comes up, you don't know how long you're going to be at the dealership. You don't know how much it's going to cost. And I just stand there like a, like a blinky doe eyed girl when they come and tell me what's wrong. And I, I secretly have my dad on speakerphone so that when they walk away, I can be like, was that legit? Yep. <laughs> so it just, um, it makes me feel like I'm 12 years old again when I'm doing car maintenance and it throws off. It just takes me away from other stuff. So that's, that one's annoying, but I have a very sweet, thoughtful husband who now does that stuff for me. And it's, I think it's one of the most chivalrous things, chivalrous things in the world. He will constantly, he'll start, he started putting gas in my car for me. That is very sweet. Isn't that sweet? Because he knows how much I hate car maintenance. Gas stops, you know, included. And he, he, I, I haven't put gas in my car, Bailey, in probably six months. I'm so spoiled. Husband but. of the year. And I saw also on Instagram, the rose, or maybe it was Snapchat, <laughs> the roses that he gave you. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, he's the best. He did ask me though. He was like, so I don't want to spoil this for you, but would you rather have all red roses or red and white roses? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm actually really glad you asked. And I'd rather be spoiled because I like uniformity a lot. And so I was like, definitely red, 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 red. <laughs> Just shows that he's your lobster because he knew to ask. He did. That's exactly right. You're exactly right. He's my lobster. I love it. Well, Cassie, I am going to turn the mic back over to you to let you close out the show. But thank you so much for having me on and letting me pick your brain a little bit about some of these topics. And I just have had the best time. Oh, Bailey, I have too. What a great way to start the day. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope that the answers were helpful for you. Um, and I'm sure that, or I'm hopeful also that they resonated with other folks out there. And I have, a, I have, um, I have a, I have a feeling that they are. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I wish you all the luck with everything. Don't be a stranger. Please stay in touch. And to everybody else who listening here, thank you so much for dialing in today. Um, as like I said at the beginning of the show, if you like the show, please leave us a review in iTunes. Remember that you can find the show notes on fedandfit.com. If you miss anything or want to scroll back through something that we talked about, we have a complete transcript of the show available there. You can also leave comments there. I'm happy to help answer some more questions on the blog post page there. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll be back again next week. 